السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما لسيدنا الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد In preparation for the holy month of Ramadan Last week we discussed the importance of us developing or creating a self-development plan. Some kind of plan, some kind of strategy that we start picking out certain areas in our life where we feel there is room for improvement. We need to develop and start from now. Pick out the areas, analyze ourselves, find the root problems, diagnose, find the solution and then put in place a realistic plan from now till the month of Ramadan so that when Ramadan arrives we are ready, we are prepared and half of the work has been done for us. Last week we spoke about Salah and one of the problems we found is lack of focus, lack of concentration, the fact that we're not engaged with our Salah and then we found that one of the reasons and the root causes why this happens is we don't understand what we're reading in the Salah. And then we introduced as a solution a dua of the Prophet ﷺ to be recited between the two sajda when we sit, Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wa'afini, wahdini, warzuqni, wajburni, warfa'ni. Amazing dua, seven things we are asking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm hoping that most of us, if not all, have already started practicing, inshallah. Have we all started practicing? Inshallah, if not, please learn the dua and implement it. From now till Ramadan, we will see a massive improvement. Have you seen an improvement? I can guarantee you that if you do this properly, you will have already seen within a space of one week, a massive improvement in the level of concentration, focus, and you just enjoy your salah much more. May Allah grant us the sweetness of salah. Nevertheless, let's continue. Let's continue and let's look at areas. So as part of this self-development plan, let us find areas within our lives where there's room for development. Now generally, when it comes to Ramadan, when it comes to worship, when it comes to becoming good, we tend to focus on Salah, of course, Quranic recitation, giving Sadaqah. And unfortunately, many important areas where we need to develop and are very, very serious, we undermine them, we overlook them. One of those issues is money matters. Our financial dealings, money matters, money issues. Where do I stand in regards to my money matters? Now, it's a very deep topic and there's a lot to discuss. Time doesn't allow us to go into that much detail. So we're going to just pick on this now. Inshallah, we can develop on it on some other time. But we're going to take one angle, inshallah, in regards to... This is a personal thing for every individual, regardless of our background. What are my money matters like? When it comes to money, what, how am I doing? Because at the end of the day, we can pray, we can read as much Quran, it's like Salah. If we've missed Salah, the month of Ramadan comes, you might want to do Nawafila Tahajjud, and Nawafila Ishraq, and Nawafila Awabin time, and plenty of long Nawafil, including the after Taraweeh doing Qiyamul Layl. But if you've got outstanding Fard Salah that you've missed in your previous life, it's more important for you to pray them. When the month of Ramadan comes, 
and there's people standing here and asking you to give charity upon charity and charity, and you are saying labbaik, labbaik on every call, but you owe X, Y, and Z money, you've got that money, but you're giving it away, where it's obligatory upon you to return it to those people who it belongs to, it's so if you don't have it, that's a different issue. You're struggling. But you've got the money. You're giving it away left, right, and so we need to get our priorities straight. So in terms of money matters, let's just look. So I'm going to first share with you a very beautiful hadith. It's a story and it's a beautiful hadith. Imam al-Bukhari rahmatullahi mentions that in the people of the past of Bani Israel, there was a man. He was a businessman. And everybody knows in business as well, you have times when you have your ups and downs. So he was going through a downer and he needed some money. So he went to another businessman. He went over the sea and met another person. He knew that this person is generous. And he said, I want to borrow 1,000 dinar. 1,000 dinar, a lot of money. In the time of Bani Israel, nowadays probably equal to what? 40,000, 50,000 pound. Okay, it's a lot of money. 1,000 dinar. So the businessman said to him, fine, I'm willing to give you this money. Who's your witness? You know, we need someone to witness that I'm giving it to you, you know. So the person says, وَكَفَى billahi shahida." says, Allah is sufficient as a witness. So the person thought about it, looked at him. He looked like a good, pious person. He thought, right, yeah, that sounds right. Sadaqta, yeah, you've spoken the truth. Allah is a great witness and it suffices. Fine, you know, you've said it. I'll take your word for it. Then he said to him, what about wakil? Oh, I need someone to guarantee, someone to be, it's a large amount of money. Can you bring somebody else as who can be a guarantor in, in between? So he said, وَكَفَى billahi wakila." Allah is sufficient as a guarantee. He says, Sadaqta, I take your word for it, fine. I mean, if that's what you say, you're saying Allah's name, he went quiet. They decided and they fixed the date. I'm going to give you this money, 1,000 dinar, until so-and-so date, so-and-so time. And they both agreed that it will be returned in this period of time. What happens? He crosses the ocean, he goes and he engages in his business and it, he, it becomes fruitful and alhamdulillah he benefits from the money that he borrowed. Time passes by and now the date arrives. Remember, this is no fairy tale. This is from the Sahih al-Bukhari. Words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When the date arrived to return the money, to give the money back. The person, he had the money, 1,000 dinar. He came to the shore. He came to the shore. And obviously he needed to board a ship or a boat to get to the other side. It's no small river or lake or a pond where I can see you on the other side. It was, it was the ocean. So when he comes to the shore, he realizes there is no boat. There is no means of transport. He waits and he waits and he waits. There was no ships that day. No boats that day. There was no way he could get a ride and get to the other side. He was anxious because he gave his word. He had to give this money back. And he really wanted to give it back. And he made all of his effort and he's got the money with him. So he's there waiting, waiting, waiting. The hadith tells us there is no boat. So as a last resort, he looks around and he found a piece of wood. He found a plank of wood. The hadith says, فَنَقَرَهَا He carved a hole into the wood. He placed the 1,000 dinar, the, 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 the packet that he had, he placed it inside this hole and he covered it. And then he wrapped it up and sealed it tight. And in there he also put a note. And he said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he wrote a letter to the person, remember I borrowed this money from you and I came to, the, to return it, but I couldn't find it. I've placed it in here, I'm hoping it gets to you. Now what chance is there of getting to that person? 
And he said, Oh Allah, I borrowed money from so and so. And he asked for a witness. Oh Allah, he said, You are my witness. He asked for a guarantee. I said, Oh Allah, you are my guarantee. Oh Allah, I am entrusting this piece of wood to you, Oh Allah, putting my trust in you. I've tried my best from my side to get the money back on time, but it didn't work. I tried everything possible, but I've come here, there is no boat. So, Oh Allah, I took your name, I borrowed it in your name, I want to return it in your name here, and he threw it into the water. Now, on the other side, the hadith tells us, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells us. Now, in those days, we didn't have WhatsApp. You couldn't tell anybody, see you in five minutes. It wasn't like that. So, the person who'd lent the money, he kept coming regularly because he knew that it was the date to collect around that time. So, he kept coming to see if there's any boats, any ships. And prior to this, any boats and ships that arrived, he looked at the passengers uh, disembarking. He noticed that man wasn't on there. And then he noticed there were no more boats. No more ships. So he waited, he waited, he waited, and he's about to leave. And he thought rather than leaving empty-handed, he saw there was a piece of wood in the water. Some of the ahadith mentioned, not in Bukhari, but others, that the waves were splashing here and there, but the piece of wood wasn't moving. And he thought, let me at least not go home empty-handed, take some wood home, at least we can use it to burn the stove, and for, to heat ourselves in the house. The hadith tells us, the man took the piece of wood and he comes home. He tells his family that he have bought some firewood. They cut it in half and inside what does he find? 1,000 dinar. Hadith of Bukhari, 1,000 dinar. Inside there is a letter and the letter says, oh so and so, remember I borrowed money from you and this is your amount of return to you. I came to the shore However, there was no boat and I trusted in Allah. I'm hoping this reaches you. Subhanallah. Now what happens after some time? Now, remember, he didn't think, you know, if it was so easy, okay, we've borrowed money from people. We'll just, oh, I threw it into the ocean. Go and collect it. It wasn't as easy, easy as that. He was serious. So what he did, what he did a few days later when he found there was a boat, he gathered another thousand dinar and he went on the boat. And he traveled to that person's house to meet him. And he met him and he said, remember I borrowed money from you, I've come to return it to you. So the person says, haven't you sent it me already? Haven't you sent it me already? He says, I've received this plank of wood and there was a letter in there because I don't need that. Allah has already given that money to me from you. He just gave him the good news that, that what you sent, obviously he thought that, is it going to, who, who could have imagined? Who could have imagined what percentage of chance is there that you throw something into the ocean and on the other side it reaches. But this is when we place our trust in Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our intentions are clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would help and assist. So he told him Allah has paid your loan. Now this is the end of the hadith. Now what we want to do is draw some lessons. And the lessons and the morals we will be looking at will be from both angles. One is giving out a loan, letting people borrow money. Is this something worth to do? A lot of people nowadays are quite hesitant. Back in the days, it was very easy. People would lend people money. Now people have become much more hesitant for various reasons. And then from the other angle, if you have borrowed somebody's money, or if you have taken out credit, or you have a credit card, you have a PayPal credit account, you've got a Klarna account, if you've got an overdraft that you're using, 
What are the rules? What should you be doing? Ramadan is around the corner. These are things we need to sort out before Ramadan arrives. If we owe somebody money, for example, or if somebody comes to you for money, and on the other hand, somebody comes asking you to donate in charity, who will you give to? What is more virtuous? Do we know the virtues and the significance of loaning people money and helping somebody at the time of need? May Allah give us the understanding. In the short time that we have, let us try and explore as many of these points as possible. Number one, the first lesson we learn from here, it is permissible to borrow money from somebody at the time of need. If there is no need, it should be avoided. It's not something that is encouraged or should be done if you don't have a genuine need. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam also borrowed because he was in need. So if you are in need, it's permissible to borrow. We're not talking about an interest-bearing loan, by the way. Those are not permissible under any circumstance. So we're not talking about an interest-bearing loan. Okay, that's out of the question. And we'll come to that as well, what to do in regards to that, if time allows. So the first thing is, it is permissible, we learn from the sunnah, that you are allowed to borrow money when in need. Number two, if somebody comes to you to ask for money, your responsibility is to judge on the outer. Don't go too deep. Yeah, if you know valid information someone's told you, that you give it to this guy, you're not going to get it back. Then you've got a right to have reservations. But unnecessarily, the man said, Kafa billahi wakila, Kafa billahi shahida. He gave the name of Allah. Apparently, he looked, he looked as an upright individual. He trusted him. He took his word for it. So somebody comes to you, they ask, you give it based on the outer. Don't go too deep. Yes, you might want to do some investigation, but it's not important for you to go too deep into it. So that is another lesson we learn from this hadith. A common mistake we make when we borrow money is we don't write it down. The Quran tells us the longest ayah in the Quran is about a page long. Quran says, when you borrow and lend money, Quran says, write it down. Now, many people, when you say to them, let's write it down, they get offended. It's me. It's me. Why you wouldn't write it? It's only me. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter how much it is. It could only be 15 or 20 pounds. And it could be even be your best friend or your brother. The Quran says, it doesn't matter how much it is, who it is. The best etiquette is, it's not farad to write it down. Okay, it's not farad, it's not even wajib, but it's a recommended, it's an etiquette, and you should, you should. Quran says, faktubu, write it down. The date, how much was borrowed, it's always best to do that. So this is something, a common uh, sort of thing that we don't have regularly. So this is also something that should be done in regards to this. Now, we find in the hadith, one of the most beloved actions in the sight of Allah. The month of Ramadan is coming. We're thinking about good deeds that we can do to become the beloved in the sight of Allah. One of the most beloved actions that you can do, as we learn from the hadith, is to help somebody in need. You know, people are struggling. We're always looking around the world. Alhamdulillah, we do offer them support. We offer them help. But there are people right in front of you at times, maybe even family members, your own neighbors, people in your community who are struggling with basic things. So we should find an opportunity and think you're not only helping them, in reality you are helping yourself. Why? Why are you helping yourself? Because, for example, for example, if I was to go to, for example, Latif Bhai and say to Latif Bhai, Latif Bhai, you know, can you borrow me a thousand pound for three months? Latif Bhai agrees. And Abdul Latif Bhai has given me this 
thousand pounds for three months. Now, did you know in the hadith of Musnad Ahmad, the Prophet wasallam has said that if he has loaned me a thousand pound for three months every single day, he will get the reward of giving one thousand pound in sadaqah. One thousand pound in sadaqah every day. Nowadays, you tell somebody, you know, borrow some money. You think, what, what am I going to get out of it? This is the first thing people think. And the second thing people say, I'll have to give zakat on it. I'd rather invest it, use it. If I, this is very common. We're hearing it all the time. I, I don't want to let someone borrow. I have to give zakat on it. Is, is that even something to say? You're not, when you borrow somebody money, you lend somebody money, remember you're not doing it for them. Don't think you're helping them. It's like when you give charity. Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that your charity will not be accepted in the true sense. Yes, it's accepted, but in the true sense until you do not believe that you are in more in need of giving it than the person taking it is for themselves. Because yes, you're giving it to someone in need, but don't we need that reward? Don't we need those hasanat on the day of judgment? So when you, Abdul Latif Bhai has given me 1,000 pounds, for three months, every single day, he gets the reward of giving a thousand pound in sadaqah. Now three months have passed. We made an agreement on the first of Ramadan. We made an agreement that I'm going to return. So Abdul Latif Bhai gives me a call and says, you know, we agreed a date. And I tell him genuinely, I'm struggling at the moment. You know, I would have loved to have tried my best, but I've got an event. I've got a family wedding coming around the corner or this has happened or my car has broken down and I, I, I'm really really sorry I really tried but I couldn't Abdul Latif Bhai says don't worry I'll give you another three months Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says from this day onwards now Abdul Latif Bhai will get double 2,000 pound in sadaqah every single day we understand giving in sadaqah but this is also a huge sadaqah as well. Have we ever thought about it? Once we know it from this angle, the Prophet ﷺ, when he went for Mi'raj, one of the things that he saw and was told that for sadaqah, every pound you give, every coin that you spend is multiplied 10 times. But if you give somebody a loan, it is multiplied 18 times in the sight of Allah because you're helping somebody in need. So during this month of Ramadan, when we assist people who are poor and needy, also try and look. You know, when somebody's having a discussion, they tell you they've got their family wedding, their son's getting married, or somebody's just had their house burgled, for example, or for example, somebody's car's broken down. These are opportunities. Brother, sister, do you need to borrow any money? Even if you don't have much, even if you don't have much, whatever you little you have, at least you can get this reward, continuous reward, continuous reward every single day of giving in sadaqah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. On the day of judgment, there will be a person who will be bought in the court of Allah. And the angels will summon him and say, what good deeds do you have? And then when they look, they won't find any good deeds. Besides the fact that he was a businessman, and when people owed him money, and they used to come and they used to say, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. He said, don't worry, I'll let you off. Don't worry, I'll let you off. Don't worry, I'll let you off. Allah will say to the angels, if he had this practice in the world, today we will show him the same return. And Allah will say to him, don't worry, I will let you off. 
So there are great rewards. It's not necessary. It's at the end of the day, if you lend somebody money, it's your money. You don't have to forgive it. That's up to you. But if you do, you will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deal with you in the same way. So this is from a one-sided angle in terms of giving out money. What about if I have borrowed money from somebody else? What if I've borrowed money from somebody else? What are my responsibilities? What are my duties? In the hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ says, whoever borrows money, and at that time your intention is that I'm taking it so that I can repay it. You're sincere. Allah will pay it for you. The hadith says, Allahu anhu. Allah will pay on your behalf. You might not even have the means. Allah will make it easy. Allah will create the means. Whoever at the time of taking that loan, if at that time you thought that guy's rich anyway, many people think like this. He drives a nice car. All his kids are married. He's got nothing to spend on. He's going on holiday two, three times a year. He's got five, six businesses. What does he need 500 pounds? 500 pounds, nothing to him. Why should I give it back? I need it more than him. Many people say this and think this in their mind. The Prophet sallallahu, what has it got to do with you? It's none of your business how rich that person is. At the end of the day, it's his money. The Prophet says, delaying the repayment of a loan to a rich man is a great injustice. Just to think somebody is rich and you've got the money. One is you don't have the money. You're struggling. But if you've got it and you just think, the guy's rich anyway. He doesn't need it. And to delay, this is a great injustice and a sin. The Prophet has told us. So now, the Prophet ﷺ has also said, because this is something we want to try and aim. We want to try. If you're in debt, it's understandable you can be in debt. But we need to start planning now to become debt-free. Why don't we make a target? By Ramadan, I want to become debt-free. Some of us can do this. If we're serious and we get our act together, we can do this. If not, by the end of Ramadan, I want to become debt-free. Or by the end of this year, I want to become debt-free. Oh, the minimum is before I leave this world, I need to become debt free. Because the Prophet says, Man mata wa huwa min al wal jannah. Whoever dies and you don't have arrogance in you, you have not cheated anybody, and you don't have any debt, immediately you go into paradise. Immediately you go into paradise. So there are two types of debt one is uh, a, an interest bearing debt. There are some of us, may Allah protect us, who actually live on our overdraft. There are some of us, we are living in our overdraft. We are, that's what, we're, we've gone into our overdraft and that is where we're spending. We've not come out of it yet, we're in the red. And this is a daily occurrence, this is interest. So if you're in that category, my brother, you, my sister, whoever you are, then sit down. Spare some time, look at your statements, sit down with your wife, sit down with whoever you need to, and try and work out a strategy as soon as possible to get out of that overdraft so that you're not using money that's not yours and also paying interest every single month unnecessarily because this is taking away the barakah from your life. This is your number one priority. Before you do extra salah, before you give in charity, before you do extra things, this is your number one priority. First do this, and then once you're out of your overdraft, go and cancel it. If you are a person, the overdraft is there just in case if you fall through, and quickly you pay back within the hour, within the day, whatever the bank allows you to. 
And if you are not able to do this, cancel it as soon as you come out of it so that you don't fall into this trap ever again. Similarly, those of us with credit cards, with a Klarna account, using PayPal credit or any other credit, if you're in credit and it's going to a stage, if you're paying off your credit card regularly, that's fine. But if you're ending up paying interest every single month, this is affecting us in our lives. It's affecting our children. It's affecting our livelihood every single day. So before we get to the month of Ramadan, plan from now, how can I clear my credit cards? How can I get rid of them? So then we can focus on the things that we do really need to do because this is holding us behind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. I want to share with you a hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sahaba se kunna julusan bifimna i masjidi rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam haythu yudha'ul janaiz. Sahaba say we were sitting in the courtyard of Masjid Nabwi in the area where the funerals used to be performed. Wa rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bayna adhurina. The Prophet ﷺ was also sitting amongst us. And then all of a sudden, as we were sitting there, the Prophet ﷺ, he raised his blessed head towards the heavens. And then he dropped his head and he said, Subhanallah, Mada unzila min tashdeed The Prophet ﷺ, what severe rulings have just been revealed now? So we were shocked. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say anything for the rest of the day. We didn't see any change. We didn't see the color of the sky change. We didn't see any disaster happening. So the next day the Sahabi says, I took the courage and I asked the Prophet ﷺ, You know, you said some severe rulings have just been revealed. What are they regarding? The Prophet ﷺ says, Regarding the repayment and the settlement of debts and loans. So we said, O oh, Prophet of Allah, what did Allah say? What did Allah say? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Law anna rajulan qutila fi sabilillah. What is a supreme sacrifice you can give in this world? Is to give your life and become a martyr. There's nothing greater than this, that a person goes out in the battlefield and you are martyred, you are killed, and you become a shaheed. The Prophet says, If a person was to go out in the battlefield and you are martyred, then you're revived, given life, and then you are martyred again. Then you are revived and you are martyred again. Then you are revived and you are martyred again. Martyrdom upon martyrdom upon martyrdom upon martyrdom. And then the Prophet wasallam says, even after four or five times being martyred, وَعَلَيْهِ دَيْنٌ And he still has debts to pray, مَا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ He will not enter paradise, حَتَّى يُخْضَى دَيْنَهُ Until his debts are paid off. Martyrdom, supreme sacrifice. We've not taken it seriously. One is a person's making an effort, a person's trying. You're doing everything you can and you can't. That's different. But a lot of us, we've just... You know, that concern's not there. We'll give in to charity left, right, and center. We'll spend our money on X, Y, and Z. But the people that we need to give back to, this is a priority. This Ramadan, let us make this a priority. Let us aim to become debt-free as soon as possible. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. How serious was this in the eye of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? We learn from the hadith of Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. 
every single day, every single salah. Aisha radiallahu anha says, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would pray to Allah regarding this issue. Do you know at the end of his salah, there's a chapter in Bukhari, what to read before the salam. So when we read At-Tahiyyatu Lillahi wa Salawatu wa Tayyibatu wa Salamu Alayka Ayyuhan After this we read Durus Sharif After that you read Dua Now before we make the Salam There is a Dua to read The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would read this Every day, all the time Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram Very easy Dua Allahumma inni a'udhu bika Read after me Allahumma inni a'udhu bika Min al-ma'thami wal-maghram Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram Again, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram I've asked Adil Bai, he's added it to the description of the YouTube video So you can see that Oh Allah, I seek your protection from sin and from debt From sin and from debt Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram when do we read it? You're supposed to read it just before you make the salam. So be, when you finish your durus sharif and you read your dua, just before you make the salam, you read it one time. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, every single day, every single salah, it's in Bukhari, it's in Muslim. He would read, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghrib. His beloved wife said, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, why is it that you seek the refuge of Allah so much from maghram? from falling into debt. Whereas the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he didn't commit any sins. And he wasn't a person who borrowed money and then wouldn't give it back. So in reality, why was he reading this dua? He was reading this dua to teach you and me as a lesson. Many things he did like this. Ta'liman lil ummah we say. To instruct and teach the ummah so that people, we would start doing it. He wanted us to do this. And when Aisha radiallahu anha asked him, O oh, Prophet of Allah, why is it you actually seek the refuge of Allah so excessively from Al-Maghram, meaning overwhelming debt? Do you know what he said? He said, because when a person takes, borrows money, that's fine, you can borrow money. But what generally happens when you borrow money and then when it's time to speak, you end up lying. And when you make a promise, you break it. Somebody asks you, you know, what's happened? Uh, I don't have the money at the moment. It, it just comes out, even from the best of people. Oh, give me another few days. I'll pay you back at the end of the month. Now you get busy in your thing, and how often does it happen that you might go two months or three months? And it's just very normal, it's just very natural, and that's not a good thing to happen. So you're putting yourself in that situation by borrowing that money that it becomes such that it becomes overwhelming, and you're not able to give it back. So you're having to lie, and you're having to break your word, and go against your word again and again and again. So this is why the Prophet says, this is not something good. It's not something moral. This is why every single salah, at the end, before making salam, he would say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram. O Allah, I seek your refuge from sin and from debt that becomes overwhelming in such a way that a person ends up lying. A person, you know, you come to the masjid, you see the brother, you quickly hide. You stop coming to the masjid, you, you change your path, okay? And you start avoiding people just because you need to owe them money. It's, it's difficult. Ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi says, beautiful how the Prophet sallallahu combined the seeking protection from sin and debt. Sin, it causes disaster in the hereafter. 
and debts cause you disaster in your life. That even when you want to do something, you think hundred times, oh, if I do this, they're going to think, well, the guy owes us money and he's doing this. And it, your life just becomes such that... So the purpose of this is, let us aim to become debt-free, inshallah. When we are going to be preparing for the month of Ramadan to improve our salah, to improve our Quran, to improve our charity, let us also improve in this area as well. So I'm going to reiterate, if anybody is in an overdraft at the moment, okay, you know who you are. Make this your priority. We need to get out of it. And similarly, if you've got credit cards and etc., and you're paying interest, make this your priority to get this prayed off. Come out of it. And if we owe people money, then sincerely let us start working towards paying it off so that we leave this world, inshallah, debt free. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us his assistance. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.